Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. The Jamoti Podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high-quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities, and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. So you have this culture now, and I appreciate you being honest about the fact that when you first came back four years ago, it wasn't like that, and you had to really change some things. I'm going to ask the question of what's one thing that makes your program different. You can say more than one. And the reason I say this is because I had Kevin Eastman on. He didn't yell at me, but he was (laughs) like, I hate the one thing questions. It's never just one thing. So I haven't changed the the way I've written it down. But what are some things that make your program different? Um. Yeah, I have more than one as well. And when I saw that question, I was like, hey, how can I narrow it down? Just one? I do have it narrowed down to one that I know is unique to Lady Raider basketball, but there's so many other things that add to it as well. And of course, everyone's going to say the family atmosphere and the fan, you know, that I, I, unfortunately, I think we use the family environment too much. Like it's a buzzword and we use it too much. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's true too. I mean, but I think that every recruit has to come in and see if it's the right family for them. And what does that family environment look like? Because it can look different, you know, and it doesn't have to be all warm and fuzzy for it to be a family. Um, but Most I do families aren't. Like, Most right. families <laughs> aren't. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I do think that our community and our fan support, that it is what sets us apart, is that the, the people really love the Lady Raiders as individuals. But I think the thing that sets us apart now and this is another thing that's such a new topic and so instrumental in um, everyone's, you know, whether it's coaches, whether it's players, staff members, whatever, is the mental health game. Hmm. And we we have put together a growth guide. Um, so mental health, people talk about it, right? And people ask questions um, in the recruiting process as how do you, how do you handle mental health of athletes? Because it's, it's a topic these days. It's a trend. And um, it's not a trend. That's not the right word. But um, but, you know, it's it's important. And you hear it. You hear it a bunch. Yeah. Right. yeah and yeah. a lot of people, a lot of coaches will say, oh, yeah, we absolutely address mental health. But do they. Say that, do they just address it or do they. What's the plan? It? What's the right. plan? Like, can you actually show me? Because well, to me, right. and especially in that arena, words are really cheap. The same thing with family. Okay, what you, you say it's a family atmosphere. How? Like, yes. what do you do to actually create that? Yes. So so I came in, when I got here, um, I thought there were two spaces that that we were really lacking in and, and even on my staff or whatever. And that was our social media recruiting because social media is a huge deal. And I didn't think that the Lady Raiders were on social media enough to to spread the word about what we were doing and then also just the player development piece and 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 that that I don't know why it's called player development because it should be called personal development because the player development coach up until this year could not be on the court with the team so with the players so it wasn't that they're developing the skill set 
they're developing the overall person playing the student, mm. the overall student athlete. So I thought, um, so I was fortunate to hire um, Derek, uh, Eric Daru, um from Abilene Christian. He was at Abilene Christian as assistant coach, but he had a really great background in social media. His following on TikTok was ridiculous. <laughs> and I didn't even understand it. But it That's was right. Crazy. Me either. Very <laughs> much a, he has very much a creative mindset and all that. But what really attracted me to him was his um, degree in psychology. So he had a degree in sports psychology and he was very passionate about it. And so whenever we were, when his first year here, he was, I really challenged him on the social media piece of it. But then as he saw what I was trying to do for the overall program and for our girls, um, as far as mental health goes and just growing these ladies, I mean, the trans, like I talked about the transformation or earlier, you know, I just, there's so much more to these girls than just playing on the court and even the academic piece, academics. I'm going to say this, but I, I think is more important to the girls than it might be on the guys and the guys side. Cause all the guys think they're going to play in the NBA. Yeah. The girls don't necessarily think that all the time. And so they're more in control. I think they're more passionate about their academics, but then there's the, the emotional piece of it. And there's even the spiritual piece of it. And there's just that maturity and growing and becoming your own person and making your own decisions and confidence, like the self-confidence or the lack thereof that young women have kills mm. me. Mm. And I do believe that a lot of it has to do with social media um, because that's something I didn't didn't have to deal with and and you know we didn't have to deal with that thankfully we we didn't yeah I, I didn't either yep yeah or high school and and yeah. I don't think I really understood the toll or the pressure or the meanness that occurred on social media until both of my own personal kids went through it hmm. and I didn't even know about it at that time by the grace of God I had some people in their lives that were teachers and coaches and whatever that they shared with and they've told, you know, ended up telling me. And I was like, that's unreal. Like, I yeah. can't believe this is happening. And that that's why my kids are insecure or not confident or whatever. And it's because, you know, like if a bad pitcher, like just a bad pitcher of a kid, of, of a girl, you know, is put on social media on your sports account you know you know you can make a face I, i'm the world's worst they can't find one good picture of me coaching i, I, I love so that you animated. said that yeah <laughs> i'm so animated and i mean i'm all i mean they cannot get a still photo of me smiling <laughs> i'm like i'm sorry i'm intense i'm like playing the next play but when they put those pictures of those girls on that account playing basketball they get they get messages, they get DMs of, you know, I can't believe they put that picture of you. I mean, by some people they know, and then some people they don't know. Hmm. And it's brutal. Um, you know, even in, it, so my son in football, he got lit up one night um, against a, a crosstown, well, against Grapevine, crosstown rival. That, that clip went viral because he got lit up. And you think, oh, stay off, just don't read it, just stay off. Okay. Not possible. That's no. not possible. Yeah. And then everybody's talking about it. And then yeah. everybody's saying terrible things about you and da, 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 and making you, you know, and then, then you think you get through it, you know, like a couple of months go by, you get through it. And the next, maybe the next year or in six months, it comes back, it resurfaces. And then you go through it again. And I'm yeah. like, 
this is unreal that these kids have to deal with this. So I was trying to work on some of those things. So we would have guest speakers come in or we would have um, team bonding activities or, I mean, I just do all kinds of things off the court to try to help our kids. And Eric saw me really struggling because I really didn't have time for that at this level. Um, and I don't want to minimize the other levels, but I just, my, my time was being more. You don't, you don't have off periods and study halls all day. That And you have boosters and you have donors <laughs> yeah. and you have administrators and you have, yeah. you know, coaches and you have, you're managing so many people and, and you, your time is just pulled in every direction. So he just watched for a year all of the things that I was trying to do, but failing miserably at it because I didn't have enough hands and even thought, you know, I mean, I can come up with a, they'll get a text from me at two in the morning because I lie awake at night thinking of all these things where I've woken up and like, we need to do this to motivate our kids (laughs) to win this game. And I'm like sending texts going, Hey, let's get da 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 you know, to come talk to our kids about this or whatever. And so he made this growth guide. So sorry, long time to get to this growth guide. No, it's good. He got this, made this growth guide where it is a year, it's a yearly plan. It is month by month. It is um, pre-season, in-season, post-season. And it has certain things that we're doing to either grow our team's chemistry, to grow individual, to grow our staff, to connect our staff to each other, to connect our staff to our players. Um, all these things. And it and it goes through phases because clearly during season, you're not going to have quite as much time. And so, you know, we, we thin it out a little bit, but yeah. we, but we also, but we still make sure we do it. And he came and brought that to me. And I like have been indebted to him ever since, you know, and, and by the, you know, just by different things that have worked throughout this off season, he's been elevated to, um, to a coaching position. And so he's not the player director of player development anymore, but we moved a GA into that spot. That was his GA that he was training this entire time. So we haven't missed a beat. And and of course he still plays an instrumental sure. role, in it. but you know, one of the things that we do in the off season or in the postseason. So like postseason is, um, is definitely, uh, you know, spring and then some of June. But then when we get our new team here, we immediately start preseason. So I guess we do it in the preseason when our players get here is they have a challenge each month. One of the challenges that they have for the month of June um, is to have a one-on-one coffee, breakfast, lunch, dinner, a meal. They have to share a meal with each teammate. Mm. And it can't be in a group. Because and they they need to put their phones down, right? So that they can get to know one another. Because we have found when we're trying to put all these pieces together on a team and we want them to be a family, then they got to know each other. They got to yeah. know where they come from. They got to know each other's challenges. And one of the things I've learned as a coach over the years, um, because I used to be, you know, black and white, like it's right or wrong, or it's my way or the highway. And this is what we do. And it, it, one size fits all. And I've really had to learn and bend and be like, it's not one size fits all. And everybody learns different. Everybody is coached different. Everybody's heart is different. You've got to get to their hearts. And when did you get that? When did you learn that? Cause I, I feel like I started out in a very similar way and it's still hard. I'll tell you, um, so I think when I was the head coach at West Texas A&M, which I left 
Texas Tech as an assistant and got the head coaching job at West Texas A&M. And it was basically me and a GA. So I had to do a lot of things. So I was having to do a lot of this team bonding and getting to learn whatever. And my first probably couple of years, I definitely was trying to prove myself and thought I had to do, I know how to do it. I know what works. Da, 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 da. And it worked for me. It did at that time until I recruited this really, really good player who was a mom and she had a baby and I was willing to say, come on and bring the baby and we're going to help you because I really saw some greatness in her as a player, really wanted to help her as a single mom. I thought that, you know, if she could graduate and get a degree that was only going to help her and whatever, but woo, with that comes some things. Yeah. But, and 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 at, and bringing her to Canyon, Texas, where she's from Houston, so she didn't have any help. So I had to enlist some of my friends um, who loved it, you know. So I had been there long enough to develop a good good base for not only our team and our our our, our program, but also for myself and people that wanted to help the program in any way. And so everybody instantly fell in love with her daughter and really helped. I mean, they were taking her to church on Sunday mornings to give this player a little break. You know, I, I would keep the baby on, That's um, cool. on yeah. Thursday nights, you know, and I'd tried to let her be a college kid in the off season and Thursday nights were the college nights. Right. And <laughs> so I, I tried to show a little compassion and be like, I get it. I want you to go be a college kid, go be a college kid. I've got, you know, I've got, we loved it. Like we absolutely loved it. But in the off season, she didn't show up to a few um, practices that um, obviously were mandatory and her team and me, her team were like, they were done. They were like, she's not taking this seriously. She's not, you know, she, she's not, um, she doesn't care about what we're doing. Like we, we want to get to the you know the final four, the national championship, blah, blah. And so I had to pause at that moment. And I actually had my seniors go look for her after when they, she didn't show up. I go, you two go look for her, find her. Cause we need to find her. We need to help her. We need to see what's going on. You know, let's find out what's going on. Well, they go and find her and she's just in tears. She's at home with her baby, whatever. But her, she couldn't get her kid picked up at the right time. And also her, she had had a tragedy that had happened at home mm -hmm. and her mom wasn't, you know, her mom wasn't very helpful anyway. And so she just was having a breakdown. She was absolutely having a breakdown. It's all bigger than basketball. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So when they brought her back, they realized it. we had the most amazing team meeting. And I said to them, um, guys, when y'all have a tough day in basketball, when you have a hard game, when you have a tough day, Coach Gerlich's been on your case, all the things. Who's the first person you call when you walk out the door? And they all, mom, you know, mom or dad, mom, dad. And I said, and what do you do? I go, you just gripe and complain and whatever about Coach Gerlich and how mean she is and how whatever, and she doesn't <laughs> understand and whatever. And I go, and what does the mom or what does your mom or dad do? You're right, baby girl. Like, yes, she's so mean. She's, you know, they side with you as they probably should at the moment until they put on a different hat, you know, hopefully, but um, they side with you, you, they console you, all those things. And I said, what does she do? Who does she call? Yeah. Not only can she not call anybody, she also has this two-year-old begging for her attention. And they need, I don't, they, that two-year-old does not understand that mama just went through a three-hour practice or a game or whatever. And it was so eye-opening to them 
Yeah. And to me that you just have to show a little more grace. Right. And so that to me was like, we've got to figure out the shoes that each of our players are walking in. And then along those same lines, um, we do a, the, the riser test, which is somewhat like a personality test, but it's more athletic driven. And it, um, and it basically t- shows us how to motivate, how to coach, how to console, how to inspire um, our players. And we also do it for our staff because our staff is different too. Like our staff, we're going to have hard days too. And so like they need to know how I respond after a setback. Do I need space? Do I need to talk it out immediately? You know, like, do I need somebody in my ear right after a game that we lost and them telling me what we did wrong? Probably not. Cause I need space. <laughs> I need a cooling down time. You know, they need to know yeah. that about me so that we don't have, but it's been instrumental in us in how we coach our kids. Yeah. So we even have this, I'm going to show you this quick little, this little um, cheat sheet, which has our kids on here and how they respond after setbacks. You know, it talks about their mental endurance. It talks about if they're a pressure performer It talks about their coaching style, how they, you know, and so when a kid makes a mistake and we take them out of the game, you know, do they need instant feedback or do they need a cooling off period? And some people, some, some of them get, they need hard coaching. They want blunt. So I know that if they're coming off the gate, you know, and I know this about them, I can rip them right on the sideline and I'm going to get them refocused and they're going to be ready to go right back in the game. I've had some players where I just have to give a high five to they walk to the end of the bench, they get a coat. uh, I mean, their water, they go sit down, cool off. And then an assistant coach gets in their ear and starts redirecting them and going, what did you do wrong? Like, why do you feel like she took you out? And they know they, they know they just need to be redirected at that time and it needs to be handled. So it's the same standards. We just get there a different way. Hmm. So that's what I want to make sure people understand is like, we're not giving kids a free pass and we're not treating them differently as far as like holding them to a standard. Like I'm not going to let them get away without boxing out. You know, if if we need to box out, but you just can get, because some kids will shut down like them. You immediately start pounding them and they don't respond that way. They'll shut down. Then you lose them for the rest of the game. And so it takes a lot to get it, to do it, but it's worth it, you know? And, and, so we talk about mental health a lot. And so that's kind of what sets our program apart is that we have a plan and head coach is invested in it. So that that's huge for us in recruiting. It's huge for us because kids, that's a question that they ask. Every kid I get asked, how do you guys deal with mental health? Wow. That says so, a lot right there that it's in every question. And I, yeah. I appreciate you sharing that so much. I think as coaches, we don't want our players to base anything off of hope on the floor. I I don't hope that pass will get there. I'm not going to hope that my feet are set. You know, we want to eliminate that word. Yeah. I think in two, what are two ways where coaches do base a lot of hopes at times, how their kids handle, deal with social media and how their mental health is. They just hope it's good. I hope they're all right. I hope that when they see these things that they understand how to navigate and dodge and and and, and work through this world. A lot of people will say that that players um 
aren't are, are the same as they were, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And there's some, like you said, the, the standards have to be held with blocking out. Like that's the right. same. But what's really different? The phones and everything that's being thrown at them, attacking them, and mental health is different. Yeah. And so for us to be turn a blind eye or to just hope that that things that works out, I think you're probably gonna be either losing your job or find out that your culture's in a really bad spot pretty quick. Yeah. I just think, um, you know, kids are different these days. The environment's different. Like it's, there's so many different things, you know? And I, I, I would consider myself, I was a very mentally tough player. You know, I could take the coaching, whatever, but it was different back then. You know, my, it was my dad, first of all, which I yeah. do, I take into account now, you know, that because I realized that he was going to love me no matter what, but all kids don't feel that way about their coach if they don't have the right relationship. Um, I wasn't being hounded on social media by anybody or getting anybody else's, else's opinion or, you know, I, I those types of things. I, I wasn't reading message boards or anything like that. Um, so it, it is different. But I just think there's so many things in this world today that are going after our kids that that we've got to help them compartmentalize those things and like, you know, really we have to give them a skill set to handle adversity and to handle setbacks. And I think that's where it's it's been different. You know, everybody's raising is different is different. And you know, it's it's incredible to me. Even going through the recruiting process and you try to learn as much as you can about kids and we try to get the right fit. And there are some kids that I can immediately talk to and know that like they're just not a good fit for me. And that's not a bad thing. Like that's not a bad thing. They they may, you know, it's it might even just be philosophy wise. Like, and I would say that that was the thing with the locker room that I inherited and the locker room that I have now is that even the just the philosophy itself was different because the philosophy of the former coach and she was very successful at, at places doing this was the three ball. They, they did not play defense. They wanted to hurry up and get the ball back so they could <laughs> shoot the three. And, and yeah. she told people that, you know, we want to hurry up and get the ball back so we can get, you know, some points. on that, the board. Di- that defensive culture is going to be very different if you walk into that situation for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. And like I'm sitting there just pounding like defense, defense, defense. And they're going, coach, I just want to shoot the three, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to have a problem with that. So, that piece of it, but then also just, you know, um, you know, I, I, I really try to, I, I really try to recruit kids that understand the lady Raider, um, impact that they have here. And, and again, go back to that word responsibility. And I want kids that want that responsibility. You know, I, I had a kid in that first locker room that said, um, we can't go anywhere without being you know, recognized or told on or whatever. And that was a negative in her eyes. And then I jumped on it immediately. And I said, you're exactly right. You can't go anywhere in Lubbock without someone knowing you're a lady Raider. And that's a privilege Yeah, and a responsibility. And that's the kids that I want to know that like, we're at a place where they care and that's, who's going to come fill up that arena and buy tickets to support you. And, you know, it's just a different mindset. So um, I just think it's, and my point of that too, is like, we can still get kids in our program that 
all those things are correct. You know, and I don't like saying check boxes because it sounds like we're going, oh, check, 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 where we're not. It's a fit. It's a definite fit. But they can get here and then I can learn about some things in their past or some things that they've gone through that are tough for them and that we might never know about until a certain situation might trigger it. And then it could make the house come crumbling down. And we've had to deal with that. And 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 I think that's where our culture has been built is that lady raiders that have graduated from us now are telling their story and telling other recruits about the compassion that we have and that we don't just sign them because they're great basketball players, that we see them as people and that we want to make them the best version of themselves, not just mm -hmm. the best player they can be. And this is what I tell people. And I said this to one of the first speaking engagements that I went to when I got the job at tech and my dad, who's my biggest fan was sitting in the stands and he was, or in the audience. And he was oh, so proud that I was back here, back home doing all this. And of course, probably still in his mind, he doesn't say this to me, but probably in his mind, a little critical of the way I do things, you know, whatever, like, <laughs> Maybe, you're too soft, Autumn. You're too yeah, soft. Yeah, something. Yeah, something. <laughs> going. So I said in this speech, whatever that I was doing, speaking engagement. I said I didn't come here to win championships. Like I came here to build champions. Mm. And he was like, "Like, why would you say that?" You know. And I was like, "Dad, if we're building champions, we're gonna win championships. Yeah, we're absolutely gonna win championships. But it's a bigger picture than that. Like we're building champions for life." And that's what, you know, that's what's really happening here at Texas Tech and the Lady Raider program. And I think, go back to the original question, even like that's one of the things that sets us apart. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.